Well, I'd like to welcome you all here this morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 285, Blessed Assurance. Number 285. <laughs> a wonderful song to think about. Blessed assurance. Assurance of what? Assurance of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's something for us all to think about this morning. Jesus is mine, it says. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine.
knowing that Jesus Christ has entered into our life and knowing that we have been able to receive that new birth and we have that power over sin, that is a foretaste of what Jesus has done for us all. And that is a foretaste of eternal life. Let us all this morning keep that in mind and let us all do as that song, as the chorus said, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Is that in our life today? Is that truly what, what we are looking for? Is that truly our story? Is that truly our song? And are we truly praising Him all the day long for all that He has done for us in every day? All the good that we have, all the blessings that has been bestowed upon us. Praising Him. Because look who we are. We are nothing here in this life as far as righteousness goes. We can do nothing and we are nothing. But through Jesus Christ, we can overcome all things. Through Jesus Christ, we can see victory. So let us all this morning give Him our undivided attention. And let's read His Word. Let's hear His Word. And let's be encouraged in His Word. Let's be chastened if that's the case. Let's be rebuked, whatever it might be. Let's take it as a blessing from Jesus Christ this morning. That we can hear those words and we can understand. And we can draw closer to Him. And we can know what that means. Blessed assurance that Jesus is mine. Blessed assurance that I have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Give Him your attention this morning. Get it off of the things of this world or whatever it might be. But give Him your attention that we can all see victory here today. We have been reading, we read the last two Sundays, we read parts of the Sermon on the Mount. We read part of it, last Greek part of that 27th chapter, and I'd like to finish that this morning as we start out here. There may be some other places we read, but I'd like to finish that Sermon on the Mount. There has been so much in there, there has been so much encouragement to us. And it is telling us how He wants us to live our life here upon the earth. That we can't control the things, but He says just put it into the hands of Jesus Christ. Seek Him first, He says, and all of these things that man looks upon so great will be added to you all that you need. But don't try to gain all of those things first yourself. He says, seek Jesus Christ. Seek ye the kingdom of God first. And he says, my Father will give you. He says, my Father knows how to give you good gifts. He says, if you being evil know how to give gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly Father know how to give the gifts 
to His people, to His eternal, to His people eternally. Let's start reading here. We read part of it, but let's just start reading there at the thirteenth verse of the seventh chapter. He says, "Enter you in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be." which go in thereat. These are words of Jesus Christ. And he's warning us. He's warning, he was warning the people in that day. He's warning us today to be looking for that straight gate. He says, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now I want us to understand what he was talking about there. He's talking about that the, the, the road of this world, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the, pride, the lust of the eye, all of these things that will lead us into a worldly lifestyle. He says that is broad. He says that is what people, that is the nature of man to try to follow after those type things. But he says there is a way to eternal life. There is a way to follow God. But he says that is a straight path. It does not lead you into the world over here and then back into some worldly idol over on this side, but it is a straight path. Straight from repentance and accepting Jesus Christ all the way to abiding in Him until the end. And he says it's narrow. He says it's narrow because why? He says because you should live in accordance with His Word, not after the things of the world. He says because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. It is straight, it is narrow, and that, that gate is there. Few there be that find it. With all of the people that is upon the earth. All the people that he was preaching and teaching to in that day. He said there would be many on that broad road. But he said few there would be that would find the true, straight, and narrow way. And I want us to think about that today. I want you to think about that wide road that he says leads to destruction. It is full of sin. It is full of unrighteousness. It is full of evilness. It is full of liars, full of murderers, full of adulterers, fornicators, thieves, all of these things, idolaters, haters. That is what it is full of, all of those things. Where do we want to be? Do you want to be in that? With that group of people? Or do you want to be on that straight and that narrow path that leads to eternal life? There are two paths. One of them is full of people. It is broad. The other is straight and narrow. And there is a few, he says, that finds it. But that should not discourage anyone. 
Because straight is the way. And He came here. Jesus Christ came here to the earth. And He made a way that each and every one of us can follow that straight path. He made a way that you and I can understand and know where that path is. He says, I will write it in your heart. I'll put it in your mind. And no man will have to tell it to you. I will write it. I will give it to you. How and what I should have for you to live your life. Now these are words of His. People can look upon it and say, Oh, it's okay to do this and it's okay. Just look around and see what the majority of the people in our life today, in the, in the world... Do they have a true interest in wanting to serve Jesus Christ? First of all, ask yourself, do you have a true interest in wanting to follow Jesus Christ and to be on that straight and narrow path? Is that what you desire above all other things? Is that what you are working toward? That you are striving, as we've read about recently, strive. To be perfect. I believe if you go back there to that fifth, the last verse in that fifth chapter that we read a couple of weeks ago, he says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. That's what we should be striving for today. Should we be out here as most of the Christians throughout the world today or throughout the United States, there's a lot of Christians throughout the world that are following Him. But there are a lot of them in the western part of the world here that just wants to say, well, all I've got to do is say a prayer. All I've got to do is say I believe in Jesus Christ and then I can go on and live my best life. I can live however I want to live. even though that's the one that's on that straight or on that broad road that leads to destruction. He says we must live in accordance with what he has written right here. And if we'll take these three chapters and take them to heart, read them, know them, understand them, as we talked about last week, he goes over and he says in many places, Thou hypocrite, he says, now we also better do this. He says, you cast out that beam out of your own eye. And that's where we need to be looking right here this morning, is right at myself and right at yourself. Am I right in the sight of God? Do I have that beam out of my own eye so that I can help you today to get that mode out of your eye? To get that small thing there, I need to be looking at myself and letting Him direct me. But He says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree which bring every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, and every corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. You shall know them, he says. You can look and you can see. Now when you say, okay, what is good fruit and what is, what is bad fruit? What is corrupt? What is evil? Look around. If I am living in that lifestyle, 
that I agree with the things of this world, that I am, it doesn't matter if I lie. It doesn't matter if I expose my body in ways that it should not be. It does not matter if I steal. But I'm a Christian. I claim to believe in Christ. What fruits is my body bringing? What fruits is the Spirit that is within my body bringing forth? Is it bringing forth the Spirit of the Holy Ghost? Is it bringing forth the good works that He says? He says that the people that I have just talked about, that that is in their lifestyle, adultery, fornication, theft, liars, and all these things that we've already gone over here some this morning. He says they will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. That is the evil fruits that He's talking about. But a good tree bringeth forth good fruit, and what is that? The good tree is getting sin out of their life in every situation. And they can only do that by having the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That is the only way that sin can be taken out of your life. Satan has power over you, but he does not have power over that Spirit of God that you receive when you have had that new birth. He does not have power over that. And that's how you can bring forth good fruits. There is two spirits. The evil spirit in Satan or the righteous spirit in God and His Son, Jesus Christ. What is within you today? What spirit is leading you that is the first thing we need to all understand and we need to know. And you can know. And you can have. If you don't do anything about your spiritual condition, you have the spirit of Satan within you. If you choose to repent and you choose to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior, and you choose to let His Spirit live within you, and you choose to let that Spirit overcome everything in you, then you can bring forth that good fruit by His Spirit. Do men gather, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Just remember, look around and see that. Look what he's saying. If you've got the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, you will not be living as most of the world lives today. If you have got that Holy Spirit, you will be different. You cannot get that new Spirit and then just continue in the same lifestyle. Something's wrong. You did not get it if that's the case. Or either you did not use it when you received it. There has to be a change in your life. From evil to righteousness. There has to be. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Just what we were talking about. You cannot bring forth good fruit till you have had that new birth. And once you have had that new birth, 
that new spirit will not bring forth evil fruit. You might make a mistake. You might find yourself in sin. But you will not be habitually living in sin. Just continuing on in the same lifestyle that you were before. You will not do that if you truly have a desire for that spirit. You will protect it with everything that you have. Just like the man when he, he found that pearl of great price, he went and he sold all that he had so that he could buy that, so that he could gain that. And then he wanted to take care of it and, and take it and protect it with everything that he had. Protect that. For every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Do you understand what that means there, friends? Do you truly understand what it means? Listen to that. Now he's told us, he said, every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Let's go back one other verse. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree. And what's he talking about when he's, he's given this as a parable? But what this really means is every man, woman, boy, and girl that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. That should be getting our attention this morning. Every one of us that is here that is not bringing forth righteous fruits in your life, if you can't see righteousness working within you, if you don't have power over sin, he says you will be hewed down, you will be cut down that final day and cast into everlasting hell. That's the parable that he's talking about here, friends. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. By their fruits you shall know them. Again, you need and I need to be looking right here and making sure that we can see the fruits of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost working within us. That's where we need to be looking today and knowing. And then if it's necessary, He will show you where His fruits are. He will show you where His people are, where the carcass is. And He says, where the carcass is, the eagles will be gathered together. Where the Spirit of the Holy Ghost is, that is where the righteous will be gathered together. Because that's where they get the meal. That's where those eagles get their food, their nourishment. That's where the body is, where the carcass is. And that's where you and I can get our nourishment today, our spiritual nourishment. Right where His body is today. Where His people are gathered together in His name to hear His Word. 
and to be instructed by His Word. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Again, listen, this is what Jesus Christ was saying. Now he's warning it's His will that we all be saved. It's His will that we are entering into the kingdom of heaven. But He's warning people. He's warning us. Listen to that again. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, not every one of me, that what He's basically saying there is everyone that comes to Him and says, Lord, I believe in You. shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. That won't happen. This is, he is warning us about that type thing. But who will be able to enter into it? But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. He also has a parable that he talks about here. He talked about there that a father had two sons, and he went to him, and he said, he went to one, and he said, will you go and work in the vineyard today? And he said, yes, but he did not go. That's like the one there that professes to be a Christian, that yes, I'm a Christian, but he does not live and he does not do the will of God. He does not do what he asked him to do. Do you think he's going to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Listen to what he And then he went on and he told the other son. He said, will you go into it? And he said, no, I won't go. But he repented then and he went. And he worked in the vineyard. He says, which of the two are justified? And it was the one that said no to begin with, but he went. He, he said, no, but then he did the will of the Father. And that's what he's asking for us today. To not just be lip service, but to do the will of the Father. He, but he that doeth the will of the Father. Do you understand that? Do you truly understand what he's talking about today? Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Listen to what they'll be saying. Is that in us today? We can sit back and we can say all kind of things, quote scriptures, and tell people how you, what you do for this, this charity or this charity or what all you do here. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in that day? And in thy name cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Listen. In their eyes they were walking with him. In their eyes they were doing what he asked to do. Just as people today, he says, in, in the eyes of their, they are saying that I am a Christian. He says, then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Doesn't matter what you say. If your works are iniquity, if your works are unrighteous, and you can say it's not works that I am saved by. 
You aren't it. You're saved and you receive that by faith and by asking Jesus Christ. But then if you receive that Spirit, there is something that is going to be done. What is He saying right here? This is the words of Jesus Christ. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The Spirit that was in within you was a was a evil spirit and it was working evilness there. It was not working righteous works within you. Even though you were professing something, you was not living it. Even though you were professing something, you were not did not have it in your heart. You were a hypocrite as he says. Thou hypocrite. That's what he says in several places here. What do you want to be? I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to hear His Word. I want to profess His Word. I want to live as I should. And I know I can. Not on my own. But Jesus Christ has promised that He would give to me power to be able to live in accordance with how He would have us to live. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Wouldn't that be a sad and a terrible, terrible thing to hear? And he's talking about that that's the people that's on that wide road. That's the ones there. They think that they're on the right way. He says, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but leads to destruction. We better be right with Jesus Christ. And what seems and what is right to Him is what we should be following. But I want you to just think about what we just read there. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Doeth the will. Does that doeth his will? Does that mean that we actually have to put forth some effort to do? We have to strive. We have to use the power of God to overcome. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Many will say in that day, when they stand before Him, and they are to be judged, and it will be righteous judgment, and there will be nothing else that can be done. There will not be an appeal like we might go before a judge today. And if the judge does not give us the verdict that we like, we might can appeal that to a higher court. There will be none of that. What sentence comes down will be final. Think about that, friends. When we stand there before Him, we can try to say all kind of things. Lord, we have done this and I've done that. All of those things, Lord. And in Thy name have cast out devils. And in Thy name done many wonderful works. And I will profess unto them. Listen how strong that is. 
I will profess. I will tell them. I will give them judgment. I never knew you. Depart from me. Doesn't matter how much I want to say that I'm a Christian. If I am not, if the Spirit is not bringing forth good fruit within me, I would be in this same category. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And we've heard this and we've gone over it so many, 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 many times over the years. But it's just so plain and simple what he's talking about. That those that hear his word and does them, he says, he listen. Hears his word and does them. That's a commandment. That is what he's asking for us to do. I will liken to him to a wise man. And how can he be wise? How can we be wise in spirit today? Only with the Holy Ghost. Which built his house upon the rock. That we're building our spiritual house upon the Word of God and Jesus Christ. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. All of Satan's power that he tries to destroy you with has no power over it. You can continue. That house stands. Your spiritual body will have power over it and it will come out strong. It will not be cast down. Because it was built on the Word of God. Because you were trusting in God. Not in man. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon sand. And what is a foolish man that proclaims that yes, I'm a Christian, but goes out and lives like the devil? That's what he's talking about. You're proclaiming to be a Christian, but you're building your spiritual life on Satan and letting him direct you into all the things of this world. That he that God says, that Jesus Christ says, that this world, the worldly things, is an enemy to him. And that's his words. Listen, I'm talking about his words and his his book here. Not something that I've just come up with. This is his words. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto that foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains came, descended and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. You try to build your spiritual life on Satan and you will fall. 
And at that final day when you hear him and he stands there and he says, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Depart from me. And all of those things there that does not bring forth good fruit and all of those that have tried to build their house upon that sand, upon the words of Satan, upon the things of this world, he says, will be hewn down and cast into the fire to be burned, to be destroyed. Everlasting damnation. What do we want, friends? He has warned this sermon that he preached there on the mountain has given us how we can have life, eternal life. And he is the light. He is the light of the world. Take your condition to him. I'm telling you, every one of us will stand before Him. And it will either be I heard His Word and I did them, I followed Him, or depart from me because you heard my Word and did not do them. It's just that plain and simple. We have a choice we can make. And we can have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Friends, hear His Word. Live by His Word. Follow it. Let the Spirit direct you. Let His Word be in your heart and in your mind. And follow it. I want to read some in Corinthians. This is first first Corinthians sixth chapter. There were some things that was going on very bad in that town, in that group of people, the church there at Corinth. There were some things that Paul said could not continue to stay there, right within that group of people. And we'll start reading there just a little bit in the 11th verse of the 5th chapter. He says, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covenant or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such and one know not to eat. Now he also says there in another place, he says that to get away from all of those things, he says, I'm talking about the ones there, if they proclaim to be a brother, a brother in Christ, but they are living in this type manner, and you can see this is things that goes on constantly throughout the world, fornication, covetousness, idolatry, railers, and drunken, drunkard, drunkard or drunkenness, or an extortioner, he says with 
with such and one know not to eat. Don't have anything to do sociably. Get away from those things because what will happen if you aren't careful, it'll just pull you right into that same type of You will be bidding them Godspeed in their wickedness. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye, do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Paul had something there. He had talked to him about the man there that was in fornication, living there, doing things, and they use that word different ways. You could have been even today, we would have probably have said it was living in adultery. But here's things that we need to all understand that God was condemning that type of lifestyle in that day. And He's still condemning it today. Just as it's just as important for us to not have any of this type thing in our life as it was in the day when Jesus Christ was here, as it was when the apostles and Paul were all writing the words that are in this book. He says, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world, and if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that ye shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If ye therefore have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. What he's saying here is, is don't take these things out and go to the law with, with certain things right in the church. He says these things should be taken care of right among brothers. They should be able to sit down and discuss things right among themselves and bring it to a head and resolve any situations that might be there. He says, I speak this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore, there is utterly a fault among you, because you go to law one with another. Why do you not rather suffer wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Just going, and we'll just read that next. Nay, you do wrong and defraud, and that your brother. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Now here he's going back and he's talking now, and he's telling us, you do these things, and you're not following what Jesus and what God has laid out for us to do. That you follow these things and you work these out right among yourselves and if it's that you need to suffer wrong and be defrauded yourself, let it be. He says, but nay, that's not the nature of man and it was not the nature of some there. He says, you do wrong and defraud. And that's your brethren. You want to take advantage of somebody. Even your brother... 
your Christian brother, you're wanting to take advantage of him some way. That should never be in our life, anywhere. And he, brought, he was, went right on into it very strong and plain. He says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Be not deceived. Be, he says, those that are under, who is the unrighteous? Those that hear his word and does not do them. Those that does not do his word, whether or not they've heard it or not. That's the unrighteous. But here I believe he's talking to a group of people that was professing to be Christian. Professing to be a part of that church. And he says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Your, your works are unrighteous works. That's what he was just laying out to them. And then he goes on right into this. He says, Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. It's about as plain as you can get it. You can't get it any plainer than that. And who is that? That's the spirit of the world. That is the works of the world, he says in another place. That is what is going on rampant throughout the world today. And it was going on in that day. Or Paul would not have said anything about it. Or others, Christ would have not said anything about these things. But it was rapid in that day. And you can go and you can read over and over and over throughout the New Testament that they were warning about this. About fornication. And adulteries. And idolaters. And infeminate. And homosexuality there. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Thieves. Covenants. Drunkards. All of these things was going on in that day. And they are rampant throughout the world today. But what does he say? He says the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. And then he goes on through all that. And he says they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now is that in our life? Any of those things, is it in our life? And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God, our God. And friends, I'm sure that that would have been some of, some of the people right here in this congregation I'm sure every single one of us would have been involved in some of what he was talking about there. Maybe not all of it. I'm sure it wasn't all of it. But there would have been some of the traits of every bit of that right in us. And he says, some of, and such were some of you, but you are washed now. 
You're clean. But you're sanctified. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? That we can be washed. We can be clean. We can be sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Justified because He was here upon the earth. But I want you to think about young people. When he talks about fornication there, your body, if you have, are proclaiming to be a Christian, that is the temple of God. That body should be righteous and holy. That body should be protected. That body does not belong to somebody else to use. It belongs to Jesus Christ, to God the Father. And He gave it to you to use it for it to be a holy body, a righteous body. And somebody's hands on that body where it should not be, should not be allowed. These are things, the lust of the flesh that we've talked about will lead you into these kind of things that he's just talked about. If we allow the lust of the body and the lust of the eye and that we let Satan then use that to bring forth fornication and adulteries and all of this type thing and effeminate lifestyles. We let that, Satan, bring that into our life instead of being holy and righteous. Don't let the lust, don't be involved in it. Get it away when you see that type thing approaching. So I will have nothing to do with this. But I will keep my body holy and righteous because it is the temple of the living God. Let that be what we are looking for today in our life. When we don't, when we let down our guard and then we see that we have got into things that we should not have been. We can be broken. Very broken. Take it to Jesus Christ and be as He said here, and such were some of you, but you are washed. You are now washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. But you're sanctified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Would you want to take the body that has been sanctified with the Spirit and take it out as that sow that was washed. 
that hog that is washed, but then take it back and put it in the pen there where the filth is, and it will waller in the mire. It will become filthy again. Do you want to take that righteous body that you now have and take it to the condition, expose it to sin? And what will happen if you just continue to take that righteous body and continue exposing it to sin? If you are doing that, the spirit will become weaker and weaker. And soon, you will be wallowing in the mire. But if you take that spirit, that body that is clean, that has been washed, and you resist sin in every situation, you take that body and you... Get it away from sin. You get it away from the things of this world. You will become stronger and stronger. Every time you see sin approach, you get away from it. And you strive to be perfect as your Father which is in heaven. And that's what you're saying. As my Father is God in heaven now, I have received that new birth. And now, God is my Father. He is the one that has cleansed me. Do you want to take it back into that sinful lifestyle? Friends, listen to what the Spirit is saying. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. This is what Paul was saying there to them. He said, it's lawful. I can go out and do these things. And it might be lawful for you at certain age to go out and do all kind of things that we've just been talking about. To enter into fornication or, or to be drunken with things. You can get a certain age. You can go out and buy alcohol, mind-altering things that will put you right where he's saying there that these type people will not enter into the kingdom of God. And Paul understood it. He says, you can go do these things. He says, I could go do them. But he says, in, in natural law, I could do that. But he says, that is not expedient to me as proclaiming to be a Christian. And that's the same thing with us of keeping this body clean. Don't let Satan steal a march upon that. He says, yes, you can do this. But it would not be expedient to you spiritually to go and to do and to live that type lifestyle. 
He says, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Now that's the key. Paul knew, he said, I can do these things. But Paul understood also, he says, I must keep under this body and bring it unto subjection. Lest I myself, even after I have preached unto others, I myself should be a castaway. That's what Paul was saying. You hear that? He says, I will not be brought under the power of any of Satan's deceitful ways. Be not deceived. And he says, I will not. I will use the power of God. I'll use that spirit of power that he said I send to you. And I will not be brought under sin. I will not let it overcome me. Because the power of God is, is within me. Meat is for the belly. And the belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And we look around and we see, here Paul's just really coming down on there or telling them about this sin that is rampant there going on. And you can see, all if you read through the, through the New Testament, it's talked about quite often. And it tells people to not be involved in that type of lifestyle. But you can see throughout our world today, and it was then too, but how that it's my body, I can use it whatever, however I want to do. And if I want to live in, in, in a lifestyle such as that, I can. And go on about and just continue to live in that lifestyle. But that's what he says, that this body is not for that, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. This body, He gave us this body to work out our immortal soul salvation. He didn't give us this body that we might just use it to the lust of the flesh. He didn't do that. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by His own power. He raised up Jesus Christ above all of these temptations. He raised him up. And he raised him up out of that tomb. And he gave him eternal, he brought him back there, and he is alive with him today. And he will raise up us, just as Paul says, for, and God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. And I believe that. I know that that He can and He will raise us up and we can see victory and overcome this sinful lifestyle that Satan has to offer. And yes, He tells you how, how what a wonderful lifestyle it is and how much you can enjoy all these things. But all these things doesn't do anything but just tear you down and make you lower and lower and lower. But if you keep that body whole and you keep it righteous, 
you will be built up and you will have great joy and peace in this life. Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid that we should live in that type of lifestyle. God should bid that I should take this body and do anything that lets Satan be a part of it. Lying, stealing, adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, idolatry, all of these things. God forbid that I should take this righteous body and let Satan be a part of it. Come into it. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. And all of these other things here, that if we let them join, we sh that then if we have been joined by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, then we too are one. We're a son of God. Because we have been joined to Him. But He that is joined unto the Lord is one Spirit. Right there is exactly what I'm talking about. He that is joined unto the Lord is one Spirit. Now how can you say that I am one Spirit? We read the other day, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and the world. You cannot serve God and sin. Let's put it that way. What does he say? But he that is joined unto the Lord is one Spirit. You join to Him. You are now the Spirit of the Holy Ghost within you. That is a righteous tabernacle that you have there. Flee fornication. Here He comes up with it again. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Listen, this is what I've been talking about the whole time. What? He says, what? Listen. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the, of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? This body is where that new spirit lives. This body is there filled with righteousness. But he says, and you are not your own. That body has been given to you to use. It's God's body. He gave it to you and He will take it away. But He gave it to you to use. It has a soul in there that belongs to you. There's a spirit within this body that belongs to you. And you will either see, that soul will either spend eternity 
with God and Christ and all the righteous or it will either spend eternity with Satan and all of the evil. Where do you want to spend eternity? Do you know that that body is the temple of God? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. For you are bought with a price. You are bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Don't glorify sin. He says you've been bought with the price. You've been, you have been washed clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The body is God's, and that new spirit is God's. He has given it to you to use. The spirit, He's given it to you to use to overcome sin. He's given you the body to use to accept Jesus Christ and work out your salvation. Do you see what He means there? For ye are bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Would you take that which is God's and fill it with sin? Would you take that which is God's and protect it with His power? Just let His Spirit be strong within you, friends. Let it just give you spiritual wisdom and knowledge in everything that you say and do. I'm going to read just a few verses here in the 10th chapter. We'll start reading there at the 6th verse, 10th chapter. Now these things were our examples. To the intent you should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And he was just talking about the children of Israel. After they came out, all they were, they were lusting after the evil things instead of just wanting to be led by God, led by Him through right on into that promised land. But they were lusting after all kind of things. And listen to what took place. Now these things were our examples. To the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters of some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. They sat down to eat and to drink, to hear the word. Spiritually is what I want you to understand there. But the people in that day, they, they just used the things that God had given them. But they did not want to follow Him. Now with us today, don't be an idolater as they were. 
He says, As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. You sat down to eat and to drink spiritually today. Rise up to work. Not to play, but rise up to strive spiritually. I know it's not your works. It'll be the works of the Spirit of God that is within you. The Spirit we just talked about. Neither let us commit fornication. Here He comes again. As some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Listen carefully at that, my friend. Now all these things happened unto them. They were tempted, they were destroyed. They murmured, they were destroyed. They were not bringing forth the fruits of God. They were destroyed. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. It happened unto them is showing people examples that if you do not follow God, this is what happens to them. In that day, that was a very stringent law. And they are written for our admonition. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Know where you stand with Jesus Christ, lest you fall. Lest you are there that day saying, Lord, Lord, look what we've done. And he says, Depart from me. And that house that was built upon the sand, it fell. Take heed lest you fall. There is no temptation taken you but what is such as common to man. But God is faithful. Listen to that. Who will suffer, will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. But will with the temptation make a way to escape. That you may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved... Flee from idolatry. And I would say that, I'd say it like this. Wherefore, my dearly beloved friends here today, flee from sin. Whatever it might be. Whatever Satan may be tempting you with today. He says, there is no temptation that God will allow to come upon you, but what there is a way for you to escape it. 
He will never allow something to come upon you if you don't want to be involved in it. He will take it away. If you want it to leave, if you truly have that desire to not be involved in it, He says, He will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able to resist. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Remind, I want to read just a few verses here in Revelations about some of this type thing. 18th chapter of Revelations, 14th verse. He goes through there. He says, well, let's start at the 12th. He says, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and and purple and silk and scarlet and all fine wood and all manner of vessels of glory, of ivory, and all manner of vessels of the most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beast and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. All these things, he says, that your soul has lusted after. Now this is that coming up at the final time, coming up at the judgment of Jesus Christ. And it's all now been taken away. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. And all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee. And thou shalt find them no more. Isn't that something to think about? That all of these things that we look upon today, and we lust after them, he says, they're all going to be taken away. And you will be standing there then, either in righteousness or unrighteousness. You'll be standing there clothed with the blood of Jesus Christ, or you will be standing there naked and your sins exposed. And we have the opportunity to be on that straight and narrow path today. We have the opportunity to know Jesus Christ and to be at one and to hear those words. Enter you into my kingdom, thou good and faithful servant that has heard my word, has listened to my word, and let my spirit direct you and I have done your will. That's available to us, friends. And we can have, etern <coughs> we can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Overcome and remember that this body belongs to God. And it's the temple of the Spirit, that righteous Spirit. Don't defile it with sin.
We'll sing number 57 when morning comes. Trials dark on every hand, and we cannot understand all the ways that God will lead us to that blessed promised land. We don't know what we will go through here, but we know this, that if we will just 
put it all into the hands of God and His Son, Jesus Christ, that He will lead us to that promised land. Let us pray. To God the Father, we come to you today and we thank you for all that you have done for us and we glorify your name. We praise the name of God and praise the name of Jesus Christ. And we just thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the power that we have to overcome sin. We thank you for your love and mercy. And we just beg for guidance that your will be done in us. And that we are able to encourage others to come on and let's fight that good fight of faith. To come on and let's be a part of your word today. And put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.